Hello and welcome to another episode of A Slice of Health, the Candid Health Chat podcast, where we slice away health truth from health fiction. Join me and my friends as we challenge common health myths via chit chat, powered by several cups of coffee. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media and do visit us at a sliceofhealth.club. Let's get to today's episode. Hello champions, welcome back to another episode of A Slice of Health. It's me, your host, MDO, and I'm super excited to talk about today's um, subject with our guest, Oyi Consola Oladitan, who is going to be sharing her own health journey and weight, weight loss journey with us as well. Welcome, Oyi Con. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on today's episode. Tell us a lot about yourself. Um, so I'm 29 years old. I'm sort of hybridly living between London and Lagos, Nigeria. I'm Nigerian. Um, I work in, I work for a venture capital firm in the city and I'm also an entrepreneur. I have, um, a couple of businesses that I run um and i'm a fitness and sustainable living enthusiast um yeah that's sort of like a nice little summary that is great how do you balance living between lagos and london um i like i joke that i live on a plane um (laughs) i literally life feels like that sometimes but um work has me moving around a lot and I think because I've been moving around for most of my career so far I've gotten used to it um and just making sure that I'm having I have a good balance between my you know private life and um home life able to still hang out with friends do everything I love doing and be organized or being organized is the is the main thing really um just making sure i'm staying on top of things it's i i feel more than i thrive but (laughs) um it's it it's 10 years in and i'm not i'm not doing so badly that's awesome and so we've got you on today talking about your weight loss journey and Mm. um, you know your journey to where you're at now in terms of encouraging sustainable living for other people as well and I read an article about you in women's health magazine and you know it was it was so shocking how you you know are currently at sort of half the weight that you'd previously been at so tell tell our listeners about how you came to to that point and what your journey's been like so far sure um so I've been I well I was big pretty much all of my life started putting on weight from when I was about 10 years old and it just crept up from what felt like oh you know it's just baby weight she'll lose it um (laughs) baby weight turned into something else and then I became morbidly obese um I'd been on every type of diet you could think of my family particularly my mother they were really you know really wanted me to live better so and would do anything really to try to help me get to where I wanted to be mentally but couldn't quite get there physically um so every diet I've done 
like Atkins I've done every sort of like meal plan I did consultants I went to a health farm in Vienna I got my jaw wired shut I did all sorts of rubbish and it just didn't work and not to say that diets don't work but it's 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 what people don't understand about weight loss it's not actually the doing it's the mental um if you don't if you're not if your mindset is not right or if you don't if you can't muster up that discipline or if you have a whole load of insecurities and other things going on with you it's not going to happen so even now when because you know I used to do weight loss consultancy but with my busy schedule just didn't work out I, I couldn't give my clients what they needed but I do it for a lot of family and friends just um, because I'm passionate about it yeah. whenever I have mothers or concerned friends come at me like oh I have this friend or my daughter or my son and I really need them to help me with this and I really need them to help me with that and I and I say to them well the concerned parents or loved ones and like you know this journey has to come from the person Mm. you can't force it on them my mom tried to force this on me for years my parents spent so much money trying to you know get get me to lose weight and it just didn't happen and for me where it happened was I I for many years I suffered from um gastroenteritis and like ulcers and really bad acid issues with my stomach and then one day in August (laughs) I just was feeling really sick I was hyperventilating couldn't breathe properly um stomach hurt wasn't able to keep down any food was throwing up brown stuff which I now know to be bile and like stomach acid and what had happened was my stomach lining had disintegrated And the acid had started to just basically um, spread around my body, which was very dangerous. I had to have emergency surgery. And that was the kick up the bum that I needed. Not to say that if I was, you know, stick thin, 140 pound, I may still not have had that happen, but my unhealthy lifestyle contributed to where I was Um, and I was in private hospital incurring the most ridiculous medical bills for my parents Um, I'm out of uni out of masters working where I should be living my best life I'm three weeks in a hospital bed Mm -hmm. and I was like literally enough is enough this weight has stopped you from being yourself. This weight has stopped you from wearing the type of clothes you want to wear. This weight has stopped you from feeling beautiful. This weight has cost you money, cost your parents money, cost you time. Like, girl, you got to fix up. And um, I kind of just told myself that if because, you know, things were very touch and go a lot whilst I was in hospital I was really in really in a bad state 
And I said, if I got out of this hospital bed, I was going to turn things around. I didn't know how, didn't know where to begin. I told my mom, she sort of like, okay, that's nice. But after like 19 years of failing through numerous diets and numerous, you know, they just really didn't have that much faith in me. Mm. Um, So whilst I was in recovery, um, I couldn't eat. I was on a liquid diet, which helped because um, my stomach had shrunk. So I had already, I was already starting to lose weight in my first two, three months post-op. And I was recovering at home. I was off work, recovering at home. And um, I just started learning about food. Um, I took a nutrition course. I had a nutritionist, also found out that my body doesn't break down a lot of foods, found out I was lactose intolerant, that I was mildly gluten intolerant as well. Um, So I had to start to abide by a very specific diet. Mm -hmm. And when I got reintroduced back into food, when I started to eat right, I started to notice all these things that used to happen to me before, the excessive bloating, the bad skin, like literally so many things, like my complexion changed. I was never bloated anymore. I was fuller for longer. Um, it just, it was a complete 360. And um, I also then got a personal trainer and six months post-op, or was it three months? I can't remember. Anyway, post-op, I had to wait a while to heal up before I was allowed to exercise again and um I got a personal trainer and one of my friends to be an accountability partner so I'm really big on accountability on my journey so this account excuse me my accountability partner it's like basically putting different accountability measures in place to help you to basically hold yourself up to what you've committed to do so along with a personal trainer I had this friend who after work would meet me at the gym to exercise three times a week I knew to myself I couldn't cancel because firstly we've we've both paid it's not just me paying it's her paying as well couldn't cancel because we're doing this together we've committed to it together couldn't cancel because I'd lose money and then also the personal trainer who I had to be accountable to for me it took all these literally these five levels of like checks for me to because I've had personal trainers in the past I've paid and committed to things and then I just won't do it but I realized that you know I had to put more measures in place to force myself to do these things um yeah and that's sort of how I got into it day one was very hard week two is gets easier week four week eight six months in and you realize before you even try to you you've changed your lifestyle mm. the weight is coming off it's gradual um you're not looking at I mean I'm very anti these transformations pictures that people post on social media because I remember so many times you know when I was really big that oh okay 
it took this person three months to get from this to this. So, you know, you'd make set all these unrealistic targets and unrealistic goals for yourself. And what that does for the psyche is if you're someone who struggles with, you know, you're in, being insecure and you have a lot of rubbish in your life and, or whatever, whatever you're dealing with, um, not meeting those targets, unrealistic targets that you set for yourself, then can take you like 10 steps backwards. So I was literally running this like yo-yo for many years. So I binned the scale, I binned the like targets, the unrealistic targets. I would only weigh myself when I had my medical check-ins. And those were like two, three months apart. So I wouldn't know how much I weighed. I just literally rely on my tape measure, just measure myself and just see, oh, these the inches are coming off, but I never knew what the scale said. Um, yeah, sorry, I don't want to <laughs> talk too much. No, but no, you can't, no, I you hope can't. I answered your question. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you said so many things in there that I, I really want to ping back on. Um, and the first thing was that you got your jaw wired shot. Yes. How old were you when you did that? I did that when I was 17. Okay. okay. And how did you get to that point in terms of accepting that you were going to do that and your parents coming on board to say, yes, this is the right choice? My parents would have done anything. Um, I have pretty liberal, open-minded parents. They don't really you know and for them it was more you're morbidly obese you're at risk of literally every sort of terrible ailment and they didn't really care how it got done as long as it got done so when I suggested oh getting my jaw wired shut because I'd watched lots of YouTube videos that showed people who had gotten their jaw wired shut and they lost weight in this in six months I was like okay I'm gonna go to the dentist and I'm gonna get this done and I got it done and it was horrible Mm. it was as for a 17 year old it was truly horrid um because you can't people or what these companies don't tell you or what these YouTube don't you can't really open your mouth um I had really terrible sleep apnea as well um and not being able to control parts of your body makes it like a billion times worse so i started to get scared of sleeping because um yeah it was just not a good way to go and i got the i got it taken out um i think a couple of weeks in i think it was three weeks in to having it in um I also looked at weight loss surgery, having a lap band. Um, I was actually going to do that. Um, I'd had a consultation um, and all of that before everything went crazy. Um, I'm not against people doing, having, um, what do they call it? Uh, Bariatric surgery. Um, People don't understand how difficult losing weight is especially if it's drastic weight loss um because i've had a lot of people ask me oh do you think it's a good idea i said i really think it's a it's a you thing you have to look at yourself 
look at your finances, look at your, basically what your life is like. And is this a, is this the right decision for me? Um, luckily I was able to do it without going that far. Um, and I've been able to keep it off. I have friends who've had bariatric surgery. Some, some people it hasn't worked on as, at all. Um, they've regressed quite a lot. Some people have flourished. So yeah, um, there's no shame in the game. It's, you can't like, I, uh, just being unhealthy is just not the best. It's, it's not good. Um, and any, anything that can help you get to a better place where you're healthy, I, I, I'm generally in support of. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, reading some of the articles that you've written about your weight and so just following it on social media, you often talk about um, having weight related health issues sort of before, you know, you went on your weight loss journey. And you mm-hmm. already mentioned in terms of the bowel problems that you've been having in terms of your stomach. What other mm-hmm. issues um, were you sort of finding that you were struggling with in a more significant yeah. way then compared to now? Yep, so um, my left knee was really quite badly damaged. Um, I couldn't walk and being, I'm also flat footed. So that comes with, and then when you're carrying weight on top of that, um, walking was always a chore. So I couldn't do much walking. I couldn't do much exercise, much of anything really. And losing weight, I've just, all of that has pretty much changed completely changed like had complete 360 um with eating better i don't have an ulcer anymore i haven't used probiotics or omeprazole which is um i used to be on omeprazole every day um haven't had that in months just because I'm eating better, I'm managing, I know what my body can handle in terms of acid. I'm, I've cut out food groups that are not, to be honest, no, I haven't, I, food groups isn't the word. I haven't cut out food groups, but foods and methods of cooking, like frying, fried foods and things like that, they just, just don't work with my stomach. I just don't do it. Yeah. That, that is amazing. And I really like how you said that, you know, you haven't cut out specific food groups, but you've changed the methods in which you're cooking and you've cut, cut out specific things that you know your body doesn't tolerate well. And mm-hmm. how important would you say it is for us to identify what our bodies can, you know, tolerate or the things that cause, you know, triggers or things like bloating, things like mm-hmm. upset, things like heartburn, how important mm-hmm. would you say being aware of those things have been in your own health journey? It's so important. Um, I'm lucky, as I said, I have very well exposed, educated and liberal parents. So like in terms of getting tested, getting like um, just basically ignorance is not an excuse. It's, it's a disservice to yourself, just living and suffering. Um, uh, especially black people where we have allergens to so many different things and we literally live life suffering because you know we just carry on mm. carry on with it and like most people most black people i know are lactose intolerant 
so why are you eating cheese why are you drinking milk every day you know why are you eating ice cream and then you're in bed all night with a swollen belly and like feeling uncomfortable and things like that it's like a it's a it's a form of self-harm or like you have an ulcer and you're eating like fried plantain and like spicy food all the time why why are you doing that or you have a nut allergy your skin's breaking out you're producing too much sebum there's really it's probably you're eating the wrong things you know um and consuming the wrong thing the wrong things and unfortunately there are a lot of studies that show that bad eating habits and things like that you, you don't see the negative repercussions until it's too late um and where you can be fortuitous to plug these things now when we're young why not I really love what you said in terms of um, us being aware that, you know, there's, there's issues and just continuing in that pattern. And it brings me back to something that you'd said at the beginning when we were talking about when people reach out to you for either consulting or to talk about family members who are also struggling with their weight and the importance of a mindset shift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it sounds like your mindset shift perhaps came when you were admitted into hospital um, with you know ongoing ulcer problems how old were you when that when that happened when that, that 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 day when you know that time period when you were in hospital I was 23 okay um and I would say mindset my mindset has shifted it wasn't just that one day it's been numerous things one thing that I didn't expect was I thought oh as I would be losing weight I'd be feel, feeling good and automatically it would solve all of life's problems <laughs> Um, little did I know that like a lot of my being obese had to do with having a very very bad mental state I was not in a healthy mental state and um, I started to see a psychiatrist and um, a lot of people would be like oh that's a bit extra but I had serious 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 issues um I'm not anywhere I won't say like you know I'm like Yoda and I've got everything like sorted out but like it's a daily battle to understand and know and love myself and um I'm gonna say this and not to sound really rude but people that get themselves to a point of morbid obesity is a form of self-hate we eat to block out things we heat we eat to um you know there's a whole emotional eating that's our cushion that's our best friend food is our best friend food is our support when we're feeling sad when we don't want to challenge ourselves and look into the deeper issues we eat and I can say it with my full chest because I lived this. Um, and when you don't have that as a clutch anymore, you have nothing, no other choice but to look in the mirror and be like, okay, what are all these things that are pulling me back? What are all these things that are um, not helping me get to where I need to be? 
and it could be everyone has their different struggles mine was I had to basically protect myself protect myself in the sense of like having the right types of people around me career-wise understanding that look all these I'm very ambitious and thank god you know I've had a very good career thus far but it's not your father's company girl like you cannot keep on literally like selling your blood to there needs to be balance um you need to love yourself enough to not put yourself in bad relationships um whatever type of relationship is going to be so um and a lot of years of just insecurities self-hate um and just bullying and being put down and unpack having to unpack all of these right um i didn't know that i thought you know losing weight will fix all those problems but it didn't and that's the emotional growing up that i needed to do whilst i was on my journey um still doing now um, and really, really, really being selfish with myself and knowing what I want, going after what I want, putting myself first, ETC, ETC, ETC. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I really love that. And I'm so glad that you talked about your own journey with mental health and the ongoing journey that that is, because, you know, a lot of times we don't, we don't make it so clear that actually food just as any substance can also get us into a pattern of a sort of bad relationship with it as well, you know? Um, and so we can get into um, a, a dependent relationship with as many substances as we, as we can or yep. our own inclinations and find ourselves being lost in that substance as a sort of mind numbing um, pattern of behavior. Um, and you know, for some people it's alcohol, for some people, even it could be exercise, for some people it's gambling, mm-hmm. um, for, 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 for a lot of people as well, it is food and being aware of that and then being able to then start unpacking it and doing that mental, mental health work, which is quite difficult work to do, mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is so, so important. And what would yeah. you say, you know, and, and I'm really glad that you talked about that because, you know, it's, it's one of my huge passions in terms of mental health and especially in the African context as well, because it's, it's, these are things that we don't talk about as much as we really should. And you yeah. said something, um, you said, oh, someone might think it's a bit drastic that you sort out professional health for, mm-hmm. for your psychology. But mm-hmm. what would you say to people who, who think that way? Because I think, you know, I, I think that it's quite sad that we, we're not able to actually correlate the importance of having good mental health to then having boundaries and healthy relationships with food, with other people, with ourselves right across the board. Yeah. What would you say to people who, who um, think that way? Well, I, I mean, bottom line, I think it's a shame. I think, particularly for me, I'm Yoruba and... Um, a lot of our Nigerian tribes, we revel and the onus is really put on togetherness and family and love and all these things. And bottom line, you cannot love other people if you do not love yourself. You can't have healthy relationships. You can't, you just can't be happy if you don't love yourself. So being 
anything that's not healthy, whether it's having an addictive personality, whether it's um, mental and psychological abuse from partners or friends, whether it's obesity, whatever your struggle in life is, you can't put plasters on top of wounds and you can't have people you can't latch on to people to try and fix yourself you can't be dependent on people to try and fix yourself there is literally nothing you can do to put you know put fluff over your problems Mm -hmm. you've got to be okay and happy with yourself first and foremost before anything else i'll give you an example like I used to, um, what, two jobs ago, um, I was really gunning for a promotion and I was, I was so sure that the reason why I wasn't promoted was because I was black, I was fat, I was young, I was, you know, and it very well could have been, I don't think so now, but it very well could have been, but at the end of the day, I realized that all of these were my project, like all of everything feeling hard done by was me projecting that outwards. Mm -hmm. Everything I was feeling inwards, I was projecting outwards because I mean, I'm in a position now where I, you know, have to sit with candidates for interviews. I've never, it's never crossed my mind to pick one candidate over the other because of how they might look. Mm. So why then that would have been in my mind, I only put it down to because I wasn't feeling comfortable with myself inwardly, I was projecting that outwardly. Mm. So that's just a, an example of many that like us as women, us as human beings, we do to ourselves and like life is really just not that deep you know people don't people need to focus on themselves and making themselves the best that they can be and we have luckily we have the tools to do that um most of us live in the uk where it's free to get you, there, there are a lot of mental health resources that are affordable or even outright free. Um, there are a lot of charities. There are a lot of um, organisations that focus on this. You have so many options. So you choosing not to do it is, again, as I said, a form of self-harm. You're taking that decision to not look out after yourself. Yeah, that that is so important, and you know, a lot of times our our own we we can get into a habit of projecting our own insecurities and our own selfishness mm-hmm. onto other mm-hmm. people when that wasn't on their on their radar at all. And um, you know, you've mentioned um something about sort of your relationship with food um and how you know you started to unpack a lot of that and you know issues from the past, issues with bullying. Um, you know, with, with, with your with your psychiatrist, how mm-hmm. has your relationship with food now changed? Now <laughs> you're engaging in, um, let's say, a, a more sustainable pattern. How has that relationship changed? Oh boy, my relationship <laughs> with food has. I'll tell you stories. So, like, 
when I was young, I'd like go out and like hide and eat food and lie when I got back home that I hadn't eaten so I could eat again. I'd literally like, I'd be eating breakfast or like the night before I've planned out breakfast, lunch and dinner the next day. I love food. I still love food and I'm a huge foodie. So like I've actually been to all the Michelin star restaurants in the UK. What? Yep. So like I, all of my pastimes involved eating out and food either I was and then when I when I bought my apartment when I bought my flat I'd have lots of dinner parties and like I'm, I'm a very good cook I'd have lots of dinner parties and things like that my whole existence surrounded food like I can't even begin to <laughs> it was an obsession of mine and then seeing the psychiatrist and the nutritionist I just got to really food is for sustenance and it's not a hobby Mm. i know that sounds mad but literally you eat to stay alive so how i've changed my eating habits is i mean socially i started to just do more things that didn't involve food Mm. so when i'm meeting up with friends and things like that we might we might go for a walk we might go to a gallery we might go to an exercise class like I love co-box and like there are all these like funky cool like like classes like hit classes hot um, um hot yoga different things that you can do or like my most favorite pastime of life is like just walking around so like I would Sunday just like walk to selfridges window shop like you can even do like i'm a shopping addict i will window shop from like just be on the streets roaming around and getting those steps in you know um and then like discipline so i started fasting a lot as well as a form of discipline um showing my to proving to myself that you know you are more than food and you are more than and you can have self-control because people really believe that they do not have self-control and that's a thing of your mind like if you tell yourself because my friends are like oh you're so disciplined you'll go out you won't have dessert or like I'll go to a friend's birthday I won't have cake not because I don't want to like sometimes I'll eat cake but sometimes I tell myself I'm not gonna have cake and I'm not gonna have the cake and it's just really holding yourself accountable and with fasting I also I love doing water fast because it's also a very good cleanse um just helps your body reset a lot um, it's not for everyone, but I enjoy it because um, it does wonders for my skin, especially with all my exercising and things like that. Um, and where, like, in a weight loss state, I can I maybe have plateaued. Fasting just helps you like reset and get some weight loss going back up again. But um, I really love proving things to myself proving that I can do things um so food has been a really enjoyable one and with working with a nutritionist now being a nutritionist myself like 
before I used to say, oh, I hate this, I hate that, I hate this, I can't eat this, I can't eat that. Oh, this is just ways of making excuses, you know? And also finding foods that I like, foods that I really enjoy. Luckily, I've always actually been a healthy eater, funnily enough. I don't really snack. Um, I don't like chocolate. Like, I don't like chocolate at all. People think that, oh my gosh, she's crazy. She doesn't like chocolate. But I really don't like chocolate. Um, and I'm not, like, my favorite, like, snack would be a digestive, like a plain digestive. Um, so just finding ways to be consistent, making sure I was meal prepping. Because also when you have, a lot of time to when you don't plan Mm -hmm. you have time to just be stupid and foolish and like okay because I've not brought my meal to work today then I'm going to go to Nando's I'm going to get chicken and chips and everything that I shouldn't be eating whilst I'm um doing my meal plans and stuff but um, not saying that I won't eat chicken and chips, but what I mean is like, I just make sure I'm holding myself accountable and planning. And also it's good for finances. Like when I stopped eating out, I started to save so much money. When I said to myself that, okay, you're really going to be eating, like 90% of your meals are going to be cooked at home. I saved so much money, so much money. So like they're just numerous pluses really yeah yeah mm. that, that that is amazing you know talking about self-control accountability and all these things really do play a role in terms of making important changes and also then making changes that last because what sometimes happens is people have you know sudden weight loss or um you know sudden change in mm-hmm. their body mass index because they've gone on either a drastic diet or they have had an intense lifestyle change mm-hmm. but the lack of self-control sometimes the lack of accountability sometimes the lack of having structures in place that support you to continue those changes you then yeah. kind of rebound back into the habits that brought you to the original place in, in the first place. And, and that is so important. And what would you say about then, you know, speaking to people who, you know, let's say if I had an obese friend who I could see is making the, the wrong, wrong choices and com- is complaining about their weight, but then also is also eating all the carbs and high sugar foods and doesn't do any exercise. Having mm-hmm. it through it, how would you suggest that we approach those kind of things, you know, trying to encourage them to live a healthier lifestyle? Um, the first thing I'd say is your obese friend knows that they're obese. Mm. Like there's nothing you're telling them that they don't know. They're choosing every day just to be lazy and not, not commit to things where you can be a good friend, a good loved one is to be supportive. Mm. Um, understand that they don't have that self-resolve and willpower that you may have Mm -hmm. but push them but be gentle but push them let them know that you're up their ass but not like literally right all the way rammed up in it like let them know that you're there to go like my one of my best friends who's my accountability partner she she's literally like she was a size 10 she didn't need to go to the gym three four times a week 
she did this for eight months to just to be a good friend oh, bless her yeah so i probably wouldn't have stuck to personal training I, I wouldn't have knowing myself then i wouldn't have stuck to it if she didn't she, she didn't miss one session it wasn't convenient for her because she worked in then i was working in canary wharf and she was working in the city Wow. And she lives in East London. So it would have just been a central line. She would just go to central line straight to Stratford, straight home. She'd either come to Canary Wharf to the gym I, um, I trained at, then go home. So it wasn't even con- con- convenient, um, for convenient for her. But that labor of love and that wanting to support me, she stuck by me yeah. and she did it with me. So little things like that, actually, it's not little. That one is really big, but like actually physically. So she wasn't telling me, oh, you really need to lose weight. You're this, you're that. She was like, okay, I'll do this thing with you. Mm. So it was gentle. She was pushing me, but it was nonverbal. So there are lots of nonverbal ways in which you can push and help your, your friend, your loved one. implore them to seek help speak to people um mental health is really important and it's probably 80 percent of the problem so maybe if you can start getting them to be in a safe environment promoting like because especially females like most of the females I know that have put on weight have been, they've been in some bad man drama and then they're like eating their way out of their pain. So, you know, really being a source of support to someone, whether it's they're going through a bad situation or they just need that push to get to the next step, you can be that person for your person. Um, so those are the ways in which you can be, but trying to like talk down to your big friend where you've never walked a day in their shoes or being self-righteous about it i can do it you can do it too no you can't you can't you slim person don't know their struggles and you don't know what it's like to live their pain every day so you think that you have that determination you aren't walking in their shoes when you're 135 kg and someone is telling you, oh, let's run on this treadmill for 30 minutes, impossible. Impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Impossible. You don't know it. You don't know what that feels like. Yeah. Impossible. So don't presume to know or, or think that, oh, you know, you just need to stick to it. And it's, it's not as easy as saying it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that is that is really important I, you know the giving a gentle push being compassionate but also you know giving them encouragement in the right direction um mm-hmm. is absolutely amazing and i mean that sacrifice that your friend made for you i am just i'm in awe of that yeah. is, you know that is that is definitely you know that is also her commitment as well to mm-hmm. you um to, to to give you the right kind of support that is fantastic and in terms of cultural perceptions of weight, what do you think our culture, sort of, let's also say, sort of British culture perceptions of weight, and then also African culture's perception of weight, do you think that that 
plays a role at all in terms of us making certain lifestyle choices? Hmm. That's an interesting one. I would say that, I mean, it depends on the perspective in which you're speaking from. As a female, um, being an African female, I found that you, storybooks and so, so on will tell you that, oh, um, our society likes bigger burned people or whatever that is fables and myths and so many untruths because i that's not been my reality um i when i was big i have been in i was insulted left right up and down i don't know how many times i was called horrible Mm. and all these you know derogatory ways to call people fat and this and that or people putting you down an auntie at church telling you you'll never find a husband because you're fat you know those aunties you know those aunties like i have yeah. a lot of words for those aunties oh i've got lots of words i started literally just giving it serving it as cold as they dish out to Are me to be honest yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah you know yeah. there's not so much love love or sensitivity yeah in that part of the world and here um in the western society again you know there's a lot of emphasis on being fat equals being unhealthy Uh and being fat equals you're gonna die soon or you're gonna have a heart attack or you're gonna you know there are lots of people that are overweight and live long lives um there's also a lot of emphasis on the um regulated models the bmi and things like that but they don't hold into account a lot of um other factors so they're not i wouldn't say it's an accurate you know they're accurate ways of of um basically depicting health or how healthy you are yeah um it's good to like sort of streamline and follow to sort of benchmark yourself, but don't take it as Bible, you know? Um, And everyone has their sweet spot where they want to get to, where they want to get at. I have this amazing scale at home that like measures your visceral fats and all these other different things. So that's what I sort of like look at. Um, And, in terms of like how healthy am I and what's my body fat percentage and things like that. Those are the ways I measure how well I'm doing um, less on the other stuff. So yes, quite different ways in both sides of the world, but still honing on the same message that fat is not good. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's really amazing, you know, how you talked about, you know, the cultural side of things in terms of um, words like orobo or lepa. And then there's really mm-hmm. no, like, sort of in between in terms of how our culture obviously objectifies women. In, it really does, yeah. In, in the first place, but then also isn't very kind to women that fit into the perception of achievement or beauty that is yep. 
church auntie has of you and so exactly you know, might be skinny but 32 and unmarried and they'll still they'll find something negative to say about you you know you yeah. have weight and married but then they'll say you know and they'll say something about you or something about your everyone has you. something to say mm-hmm. like the amount of things i like even though i have literally documented every day of this like no one can say they haven't seen it i've documented all of my weight loss journey i've had people say oh she you know she'd gone and had surgery which is not a bad thing but like i would say if i had Mm -hmm. you know what i mean or like you know she's gone and had i've all she's gone and got her bum done she's gone and had lipo girl if i had that money (laughs) then i would have got that fat sucked out but you know that's just not the case and you know people throw out a lot of hate because they're bored because they're jealous i just say ignore it people are always gonna have something to say always gonna have something to say but as long as you are good with yourself and happy with yourself then nobody can tell you anything nobody can make you feel rubbish about yourself and again you know what i said protecting yourself I don't allow and I'm I'm so grateful I have parents who have zero tolerance for rubbish as well so no one's going to come and tell my parents oh Wayne is too skinny literally my dad will tell you hold your mouth where it is don't feel like you can speak on anything related to my daughter she she's going to be who she wants to be how she wants to be you know um, and it's the same thing with me. I surround myself with people that speak positivity into my life, that promote me, that push me to be the best version of myself. Mm. Healthy competition is also good. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I just don't, that. not having any room for it. <laughs> yeah yeah that that is amazing and i really love what you said about you know surrounding yourself with the right kind of energy because a lot of times sometimes as well sometimes the way we feel in ourselves is not so much about us as well it might also just be the kind of words um that we're allowing into our into our souls and our spirits Mm -hmm. the kind of energy that other people um carry um alongside them and Mm -hmm. just in closing as a championship point to our listeners what would you say to anyone who um, wanted to take their to, to, to take their health to the next level and not not in a sort of crash diet sort of way but in a sustainable way what what would you say to them um in a sustainable way i would say well done first of all and then i would say there's no one box fits all one size fits all one way fits all no you literally have to look at yourself look at what your capabilities are your lifestyle what is feasible and what is not so like things like going vegan when you're a literal like carnival think about like can i actually do this can i not do it do you you get what i mean yeah um I don't, I I cannot run to save my life. I don't like running. I don't enjoy it. I think it's rubbish. And saying, oh, I'm going to go and run every day. No, it doesn't work for me. 
I'd rather do 30 minute high intensity workout or 30 minutes on my weights or my iron. And that's what I enjoy and that's what works for me. So there's not one size fits all. What works for one person may not work for you. Looking at Kim Kardashian's body, you're not going to get Kim Kardashian's body because Kim Kardashian's body, there's a bit of genetics in there. There's a bit of doctor's table in there. Yes, there is. Yeah, and you've got to understand that looking at idolizing this one person, like I've had people say, oh, I bought this dress. I'm the same size as you. It doesn't look on me how it looks on you. It's not going to look on you how it looks on me because genetically... I have no boobs and I have a small waist, big hips and a big bum. So do you get what I mean? There's no one size chart fits all. You've got to literally run your own race, do things at your own pace, find the things that you like, that you enjoy, that you can incorporate, incorporate into your lifestyle. That's not going to turn your whole world upside down. I like to do exercise earlier in the day. It may not work for some people. Some people like exercising later in the day. For me, after a long work day of dealing with multiple people, the last thing I want to do is exercise. So, you know, the best way to the most the best way to be sustainable and for it to last is to do what works for you. Yeah, I love that. I love that is so important. Doing what works for you and also going on a journey to actually know yourself and identify. Mm-hmm your strengths, your weaknesses, your energy cycles as well. Um, it's so, so important. You know, a lot of us don't know what our energy cycles are like. And so mm-hmm. we want to then say, well, I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. and go to the gym. For someone like me, that's never going to happen. Um, and so, you know, if you're more of an evening person, then, you know, you know, put in things into your, into your calendar based on your own personal energy cycle. Mm-hmm. And just before we say goodbye, because I know our listeners are going to ask, now that you've limited how much fried things you eat, how do you eat plantain? I put it in the oven. Ah, yes. I love it. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't bought an air fryer yet because I'm pennywise pound foolish and I've still yet to see the, like, I can make fried chicken taste like fried chicken in the oven. Yeah. So do I really need this device? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. So my oven works perfect. Yeah. Luckily for me, I don't even really like um, plantain like that. The one that I love is the, the things that I love is like fried chicken and like chips and things like sweet potato chips and things yeah. like that, which I can still do in my oven. Oven. That is awesome. Yeah. Power of an oven. I love that. Thank you so, so much for coming on today's episode. It's been Thank a- you for having me. Thank you. And any, oh, um, I have a very open door policy in my DMs. Okay. Um, so if anyone's going on a sustainable journey and wants some tips, wants some recommendations on stuff, I'm not going to do it for you. <laughs> I'm not going to like, I also don't like disrespect much, but like, you know, I'm here to be an accountability body for anybody that needs it. So um, that's on Instagram. That's Awesome. Yeah. And how can they find you on Instagram? Um, at Consola and then there's an underscore. Fabulous. That's my handle. You can just DM me. That's great. So DM her, guys, and get an accountability partner going. 
alongside you. That has been so great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Do share this podcast with two people who have not heard about us before. Remember that this podcast in no way replaces advice from your own doctor or physician. Do subscribe and follow us on social media. Leave us a review on iTunes so that others can access the amazing content. And do join the club at asliceofhealth.club and drop us some suggestions or questions that you might have. Don't forget to be a health champion wherever you go by separating health fact from health fiction.